Have you ever played the what if game? You might not know it as that, and you might not know it as a game. You might know it as just like regular life. But have you ever played the what if game? You know, the, the what if, what if I'd never met her? What would my life be like? What, what, if, what if I had never gone there? What would my life be like? You know, what if, what, if I had, what if I had never said that then? What if I had never said that then? Do you, do you know this? Do you, I don't think it's just me. What if, what, if I had, what, if I had never, what if I had never stopped doing that? What if I had never started doing this? What, what, the what if game, right? I don't know what y'all call it. Daydreaming, nostalgia, uh, something. What, what, if, what if, the what if game, what if I had never? I mean, and, and sometimes it's associated with like, like, like the bad. Like, hey, if that had never happened, then, then you know, which was bad at the time, then, then the good would have never come about. I mean, like, like there's that, right? I mean, like that's, that's the way we look at something. I you know, what if, what if? I mean, you know, and the, and the thing is, the thing is, uh, we, we, many of us read the Bible like it's just, it's, and, and it is, it is, so don't, don't, don't jump out, but I mean, it, like it's just like locked in stone, and it is, it's amazing, and it's awesome, it's the word of God, but, 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 we, but we, we sort of forget and miss out on that what the Bible is, is this collection of stories written by people and about people who themselves were making choices all the way through it. The Bible is just a bunch of stories about people who are making choices. And some of them were obedient, and then some of them weren't, right? Pharaoh, Pharaoh, right? I mean, just one story after another, and, you know, and, and, and we can look back on it and say, what if, like, like, like for instance, what if he had never gone to this place? What if, what if he had never met them? What if, you know? I came across one of, my, one of my favorite books. It probably is my favorite book of the Bible is uh, Philippians. From time to time, I, uh, uh, I, I take, I, I guess you'd call them sort of like my favorite verses. They're like sort of the biggest verses. I don't know if I've ever showed you these before, but it's a little stack of cards, and I, uh, and I have them, and I've, I've written them down at different times, starting uh, 10 or 12 years ago, so that some of the, some of like the font's different and the pens are different, but, but from the beginning of the, book, the Bible to the back of the Bible, and then, and then, I, and then I realized that like, that like a ton of them come from the little four chapters of Philippians. I mean, I, I love going back to Philippians. I, I've done it actually with a friend of mine a couple of times, a couple of times in, the, in, in, in recent months. And the, and the friend was going through something and I was like, hey, 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 if I don't give you anything else, if you don't hear anything else today, and, 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 then, I'll, um, and, then, I'll, and then I'll turn to Philippians 1.6. I'm sure about this. The one who started a good work in you will stay with you to complete the job by the day of Christ Jesus. I'm sure about this. The one who believed in you and made you will not leave you until that one, who's the one, okay? Until that one sees you completed and right and things put back together. That's Philippians. But what if Philippians had never been written? I mean, and it just goes on and on. I mean, you know, like, like, I mean, the end of Philippians I can do all things through him who strengthens me. 
The end of Philippians, rejoice, rejoice. I mean, the middle of Philippians with the Christ hymn where we, where we get the clearest picture that Christ who was born in the image and the substance of God did not believe that, that he should cling to that or grab onto that or, 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 or not let go of that, but instead let it all go and took the form of a slave and, and, and emptied himself to nothing. The Christ hymn, Philippians 2. I mean, Philippians from, from, from beginning to end, but what if it had never happened? What, what if it had never happened? We've, we're um, we're, we're a, a few weeks now into, uh, after Easter and into the book of Acts, and, and Acts, of course, is the sequel to Luke's gospel, so it's, it's part two. It's as good as the first, right? You know, unlike a lot of sequels. Um, namely, the entire Fast and Furious uh, <coughs> like genre. Um, that's not fair. I've never watched those, um, but uh, that, whatever. Um, Acts is amazing. Acts is amazing, and it says, let me tell you this amazing story about Jesus Christ, and let me tell you this amazing story about Jesus Christ. He's, he's not around in body, but the Holy Spirit acting on behalf of God and Jesus is leading people, and that's where we are. We're reading it, aware that the church has signs and wonders being performed by God, and it's just, it's, just, it's just doing amazing stuff, and it's leading them further and further and further, and that's where we are today. That's where we are today in Acts chapter 16. It's, we start in verse 6. I tell you, uh, yesterday, I, I, slowed down long, I, I slowed down for a while, and I, um, and I read from where we were last week in Acts 11 to where we are today, Acts chapter 16. I read, I read the whole story, and it's it's awesome. I wish we could do it. I, we read like a couple of chapters last week, and we just don't have time to do it today. And, uh, but you should go do it. You should read Acts chapter 12, 13. It's in 13 that Saul becomes Paul. And we don't, you know, he just, his name's Saul one day, and now his name's Paul. And, uh, and, and, and in Acts, it just says he, had, he went by both names, and now we're going to call him Paul. Um, it talks about it in other places, but in Acts, that's just what happens. And then 14 is amazing, and 15 is totally amazing. And then, and then we get to 16. We get to 16. It says, Paul and his companions, which at this point would have included, it would have included more than, than just these probably couple, but it would have been definitely been Paul and Silas. And at this point, they've picked up Timothy, who's the recipient of the letters that Paul writes to Timothy that become New Testament books. Paul, Silas, and Timothy, and probably some others, travel throughout the regions of Phrygia and Galatia because the Holy Spirit kept them from speaking the word in the province of Asia. And it's worth, it's worth holding right there to say that the province of Asia is referring to uh, uh, a Roman province, a Roman uh, region that would have been the, the westernmost section of modern-day Turkey. It's not the same Asia that would be China and India and uh, Nepal and Pakistan and, and, and that part of the world. It's not the same place. So they, they're not over there. They're over here directly sort of north of where they had been back and forth in Antioch and, uh, and, and in Jerusalem. So, so they're, they're still along the region of the Mediterranean. But it says that the Holy Spirit kept them from speaking the word in this, this modern-day Turkey area or at least one part of it. That's, that's, uh, that's Acts chapter Six verse, uh, verse, 16, verse 6. It says in verse 7, When they approached the province of Mysia, they, they, they tried to enter the province of Bithynia, but the Spirit of Jesus wouldn't let them. 
I think I have a map, right? Do I have a, I have a map to interrupt? So, so just so that we get a, a clear view of it. So they're starting way over here in the Mediterranean, and, 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 and Jerusalem is down there. Um, they're starting over here, and you can follow their route. What, what it's showing is that, that, that they would have naturally been going straight across. Probably they would have crossed over the P in Phrygia, but it says that, that the Spirit won't let them. So they go north. This is a map uh, that, that, that's featured in one of N.T. Wright's writings, and, uh, and it's N.T. Wright that, that, that taught me that, that the detour would have been 200 miles, 200-mile de- detour, because the Spirit says, don't go this way, but instead go this way. And you're going, 200 miles, that's a lot. But, you know, if you do five over because the cops will let you, you know, you can knock out 200 miles in what? Like, like you know, maybe three or four hours. Nope. <laughs> 200 miles by foot would have taken weeks, months. Months of a detour because the Spirit says no. And then, and then you see that, that sort of upper right corner question mark they're thinking we should go to Bithynia, which is even further up, I think, towards like the Aegean Sea. Spirit says no, so they, they end up going over, and then, and then we see why. So it's no, 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 no. You get to verse 8. Passing by Mysia, they went down to Troas instead. A vision of a man from Macedonia came to Paul during the night. He stood urging Paul, come over to Macedonia and help us. Immediately after he saw the vision, we prepared to leave for the province of Macedonia, concluding that God had called us to proclaim the good news to them. So it's no, 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 no. Yes. I mean, it could not be any more clear that the reason that they were redirected this way is so that in this moment, in this place, Paul would be opened up to, to get this, this divine revelation of a man in his dream, in his, in, his, in his mind, saying, come here and tell us what you've been telling all these other places. No, 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 no. Yes. Verse 11. We sailed from Troas straight for Samothrace and came to Neapolis of the following day. From there we went to Philippi, a city of Macedonia's first district and a Roman colony. We stayed in that city several days. On the Sabbath, this was Paul's custom, Paul's custom in every town he went to would be on the Sabbath to go and find the Jewish synagogue, and he started there. And he started teaching the Jews in the synagogue, saying, hey, 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 everything that you've believed and everything that you've memorized and everything you've been taught, everything that you've grown up with, every, everything that, that, that you have made ritual, every bit of that is true, he would tell the Jews. He was a Jew. I mean, you go ask him. In Philippians chapter 3, he wasn't just a Jew. He was quite a Jew. <laughs> he, was, he was amazing. Just, again, ask him, right? Or look him up on LinkedIn. He was the greatest Jew ever. That was funny. <clears throat> he'd go to the synagogue. He'd go to the synagogue and he'd say, all of it's true. 
And the evidence of the truth of it is that God came in a man and he showed us the way and he showed us the truth and he showed us life itself. I want to tell you that all this was true and now you've got to believe in the one who embodied it, Jesus Christ. And he, and, he was, and he was persecuted, and he died, and he rose again. And if you believe him, it, the same thing is available to you. And this is what he did every town he went to. And so, so he, he arrives in Philippi, and he's doing the same thing that he's always done. They go outside the city gate to the riverbank, where we thought there might be a place for prayer. We sat down and began to talk with the women who had gathered. Verse 14, one of those women was Lydia, a Gentile God worshiper from the city of Thyatira, a dealer in purple cloth. Purple cloth in the Roman Empire was uh, sort of exclusive to, uh, to those of royalty or wealth, and, and, and by virtue of, of the expense of it, you actually had to be wealthy yourself to sell it. Because you had to be wealthy to buy it in order to then sell it with a little bit of a markup, right? Or maybe a lot of a markup. But you had to be wealthy to buy it. You had to be wealthy to have it. And Lydia is a dealer in purple cloth. As she listened, the Lord enabled her to embrace Paul's message. Once she and her household were baptized, she urged, Now that you have decided that I'm a believer in the Lord, come and stay in my house. And then it says, and she persuaded us. This is the word of God for we the people of God. And we say together, thanks be to God. Lydia's name was probably uh, uh, derived from uh, sort of her home region. It was a province in, uh, Thyatira was in the province of Lydia, a country in Asia Minor. Um, she, She was the first, the first, a woman to be converted, the first person to be converted, to be a follower of Jesus Christ. You ready for this? On the entire continent of Europe. Woo! Kind of a big deal, right? Is there a plaque there you think that says, Lydia, here, all of Europe? It's a huge deal. A huge deal. And, and, and Luke, and, and Luke's been consistent with this, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say it again because, like we said last week, we need to hear it again. Luke consistently writes his stories from the very beginning with Mary all the way through Lydia and beyond. He consistently writes his stories convincing us that the gospel of Jesus Christ sees neither Jew nor Gentile, neither slave nor free, and neither male nor female as different. Everyone is the same in Jesus Christ. And here again we have Lydia as this reminder. She's she's described as being the head of her household. It It wasn't unheard of in the Roman times, but it was pretty uncommon. And so first, she's, she's sitting down there as a Gentile, but as a God worshiper, right? As, as, as one who'd been reading the scriptures and trying to understand them. And she has a theological conversation with Paul. I mean, Paul. And Luke, not, not one syllable of this story suggests that it's Paul and Lydia. No, it's the both of them. 
Because, because before it's over, she's practicing the essence of their religion, which was hospitality. She says, I have, and I want to share with you. I mean, for that moment, it's actually Lydia and Paul. I have, and I want to share with you. I will actually bring you up to my level, Paul. That's crazy. That's, that's the Bible, though. Male or female, and they're, they're parts of the world still today that would tell us otherwise, but I'm telling you what, the part of the world that begins in Genesis and ends in Revelation, what word did I just say? <clears throat> that ends in Revelation is 100% convinced that in Christ Jesus, there is no difference between male and female, and it needs to be preached, and it needs to be heard, and Lydia is one of those stories. But what if it had never happened? What, what, if, what if Paul had just plowed right on through the map? What if Paul said, this feels like a no from the Holy Spirit, but I don't know, it could be what I ate. I mean, it could be, I, you know, or we got places to be. I don't care, I don't care to you, Timothy and Silas, what you're re- receiving from the Holy Spirit. We got places to be. I got a checklist we got to do. I mean, I got I to get moving, right? What if, what, if they, what if they had not heeded the no? I mean, God would have finally gotten it done in Philippi, but what if, what if he, would we have not even had the book of Philippians? Who would have shared the gospel? But instead, the example is that the no's here lead to a yes. Because, because a no today sets us up for a yes one day. I mean, a, a no today actually leads to a better yes one day. Now, I, I'll be super quick with this, but today's pretty special for me. And, and, and just, just allow me for just a second. Um, 20 years ago this weekend on a Sunday, 20 years ago this weekend, uh, I stood up completely not knowing what I was doing in front of a church in Fayetteville, uh, in South Atlanta, right there on the square in Fayetteville, Georgia, First Methodist Church, and they introduced me as their youth minister 20 years ago this weekend. And uh, it was awesome. Four years, you've heard me talk about it, and I bore you to tears with it, and um, it, was, it was really great. And while, while I was there for four years, while we were there, uh, I, uh, I got engaged, we got married, we had Sam, all that happened. Um, you, you, have that, you have that photo, this is us, this is Julie, and me, um, I'm the one with the tux, uh, <clears throat> you almost can see hair, like right in the middle, right there, um, almost. Uh, this is some of the kids, because not all of them got to come, but this is some of the kids on our wedding day, which was, uh, which was a year after I started as the youth minister, and uh, some of the kids. And, and I get nostalgic about it and, and allow me, you know, but, but I, especially, I especially think about how great it was when I get to go back up there, when Julie and I get to go back up there. And uh, we get to go back up there, and, uh, and I'll do, like, weddings. And I don't know how many I've done for, for these kids, but, I mean, I'm starting to tick them all off right there, that one and that one. And so this past September, I went back and did uh, the wedding for uh, Kristen and, and Mitch. And Kristen had been in our youth group. She's in this photo. Um, she, had, uh, she was finishing sixth grade 20 years ago, and I got to do her wedding 20 years later. 
And then last weekend, one of the girls in this photo is Jennifer, and I had the chance to do her wedding to Rob. And in fact, they're still on their honeymoon this weekend from, uh, from, from me getting to do the wedding a week ago. And, and I'm using these two as an example because it's, it's, it's come to strike me that, um, that it was 20 years ago when they were 12 when I met them, and now 20 years later, I'm getting to do their weddings. Now pay attention to me, pay attention to me. 20 years later, these girls who had never been married had the chance to marry guys who had never been married, which is pretty special. And I got to meet them because I don't do the weddings unless I, I get to know both, of the, you know both members of the couple. And I got to meet them. And they're both awesome guys. Uh, Kristen is an ICU nurse up in North Atlanta, and, um, and Jennifer is a nurse practitioner. They're, they're both exceptional girls. But think about how many times someone had told either Kristen or Jennifer or anyone you know that's in this situation. I mean, think, the, the mom that means well or the dad or the sibling or the best friend or, or whoever, right? Hey, Got to get a move on. You know, clock's ticking or whatever dumb stuff we say to girls, right? Don't ever say that. How many times, how many times did, were they told, to you, you, pushed? And yet, similarly, how many times did they get a no from God? And a no, I mean, I'm just thinking about these two. How many times did they get a no from God and a no from God and a no from God? All because there was a better yes. I mean, Ju- Julie and I, we, so many friends, and it's like, it's like they would be awesome. But faithfulness, faithfulness and courage isn't just like rushing out and saying, I'm following God. Sometimes faithfulness and courage is, it's a no now. And I don't know why, and I don't know what that means. I don't even know where to go next, but it's a no. But it's a no now because there's a better yes one day. And this, this is not, everybody knows, this is not limited to romance and marriage and weddings and fancy photos. Though I do look good there. <clears throat> this, is, this is bigger than that. This is for every one of us. A no today leads to a better yes because what if? What if we didn't heed? What if we didn't submit? What if, what if we didn't obey? And just drove right through all of the no's. Let's pray. Lord, we're thankful for every person who's been faithful in the midst of a no and another and another and another because they trust you. May their example inspire us to be faithful to you.
Lord, Lord, right now. You're telling us, each one in our own way, that, that there's this thing that is a not right now. Help us first to hear you. And then to trust you. Because you've got a better yes one day. This is our prayer. In the name of your son, Jesus. Amen. Amen.